And in the last days, we find there's an apostasy. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Peter chapter 2 and chapter 3, the book of Jude, the fourth verse, the leaders of the last days were those who were departed from the faith and they were giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. In the book of Jude, the eleventh verse, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Genesis chapter 4. And here you have Cainite religion and Cainite civilization. Cainite religion is trying to fit yourself for the presence of God by your own works instead of trusting God's way through Christ Jesus, God's Son. They ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. Numbers chapter 22. The story of Balaam who was selling divine things for, for money's sake. They perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Numbers chapter 16, you have the story of Korah and his company who came under the judgment of God. And the reason for the judgment was they were despising the authority of the Word of God. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. In this lesson, Dr. Mitchell will present the character of the church in the last days, also referred to as the apostasy of the church at large. And here we read of three types of apostasy which were already being found in the churches of the first century. How much more now? Then from Jude, we turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And here we read of the character of men within the professing church. And Dr. Mitchell explores this passage and explains how this is happening, and it is happening even now, today. So what can a Christian do during this time? Dr. Mitchell takes us to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. And here we read of the total sufficiency of the inspired and inerrant scriptures to guide and protect the believer. Let's turn in our Bible to the book of Jude, verse 11, with Dr. Mitchell. You're listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. We come to you again, and we're dealing especially these days, for a few days at least, the question of prophecy with respect to the church, with respect to Israel, with respect to the nations of the earth. And we were dealing in our last lesson with the last days of the church. Remember the church is that company of people made up of individuals from the resurrection of our Savior until our Lord comes for his own. Made up of everyone who accepts the Savior. If you have come into right relationship with Jesus Christ, God's Son, then you belong to the church, the body of Christ. And in the last days, we find there's an apostasy. We were discussing in our last lesson uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Peter chapter 2 and chapter 3, 
the book of Jude, the fourth verse, and other portions of Scripture where the leaders of the last days were those who were departed from the faith and they were giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Let me continue with that for a few moments today. When we think if these are the leaders, then what is their doctrine? Now, in the book of Jude, the 11th verse, I read these, these tremendous words where we read concerning these false teachers of the last days. And it says in verse 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. They have ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and they have perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Now, you remember in the book of Jude, we have a book of the last days. And there's quite a similarity between the book of Jude and the second book of Peter. There's no question about that. So here I find in the book of Jude three things that characterize their doctrine. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Now you find that story, of course, of Cain in the book of Genesis chapter 4. And here you have Cainite religion and Cainite civilization. I do not want to go into all the detail of that except to point out in a broad sense that Cainite religion is trying to fit yourself for the presence of God by your own works instead of trusting God's way through Christ Jesus, God's Son. So you divide the whole thing into one of two things. Either you are trusting the Lord Jesus Christ who died for you, who accomplished the work of redemption, and granted life eternal and forgiveness of sin to anyone who will accept him. If this, is not you, if this is not what you have done, then you're trying to fit yourself for the presence of God by your own works. This is Cainite religion. We don't need a Savior. And how bold some of these men are today. We don't need Jesus Christ. He lived his day. He, maybe he lived ahead of his time, and he was a good teacher, a good moralist, but but he, he had his day. We don't need Jesus. As I said at the very beginning of this brief study, uh, there are those who believe that we are living in a post-Christian era. We don't need Christ. We don't even need God. Now, these false teachers who left the faith, that is, who left the Word of God, who denied the deity of Christ, and so on, uh, they've gone the way of Cain, salvation by works without sacrifice. And then the second thing about them was they ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. Now, you find that story in the book of Numbers, chapter 22. Numbers, chapter 22. The story of Balaam, uh, who was selling uh, divine things for, for money's sake. You remember, he was, Balak, the king of Moab, was going to give him a real ransom, real money, if he would curse Israel. In other words, he was bartering divine things for material gain. And by the way, that is true today. I didn't go to that. It's so obvious, whichever way you turn. And then we have the third thing. They perished in the gainsaying of Korah. What do you mean by that? Well, in the book of Numbers, chapter 16, you have the story of Korah and his company who came under the judgment of God. And the reason for the judgment was they were despising the authority of the Word of God. If you take those three things together, it, it just brings very clearly what the, what the doctrine of false teachers in the last days are. 
I'm speaking now of the last days of the church, and I personally believe we are living in the last days of the church. Because I see these things. They've gone the way of Cain. You've got salvation without the death of Christ. You have commercializing divine things. You have them despising the authority of the Word of God. And in the book of Jude, verse 4, they despised the lordship of our Savior. They deny that Jesus Christ is Lord and Master. You remember in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 36, where Peter says, God hath taken this same Jesus, whom you crucified, and made him Lord and Christ. Now, these false teachers deny the fact that Jesus is Lord and that he's the anointed of God, that he's at the right hand of God, that he was raised from the dead and glorified with all the glory of the omnipotent God. They deny that. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, or should I say chapter 1 and chapter 2, where you have uh, these who deny the word of God, and I read that God shall send them strong delusion to believe the lie who shall be damned, who believe not the truth, who love not the truth. That's very obvious. They don't believe the truth. They have no love for the truth. I know where I speak concerning that. I've been told more than once what people would like to do with such folk as I am, who believe in the word of God and who believe in the deity of our Savior and the wonderful redemption which he wrought for men. They would like to liquidate us. And if the Lord tarries, that may come true. I don't know. All I know is that this is the condition that is prevailing today. Now, if that's, their, if that's their doctrine, what about their life? So when I turn over to the second book of Timothy, chapter 3, we have where the Apostle Paul very clearly declares what the life of these leaders and those who follow their leaders in this. Allow me to read it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Now, Paul writes this. In the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, you see, Mr. Mitchell, people have always been that way. People in the world have always been that way. If you want a picture of the life of the world, I would suggest you read such passages as Romans chapter 1. Or you might even go to Galatians chapter 5. For example, where it says in verse uh, 18 and 19 and so on, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Or you might go to Ephesians chapter 5 where it speaks of a certain kind of sins which characterizes the unsaved. For I read, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience. 
See, one who rejects the Savior is a child of disobedience and comes under the wrath of God. Now, we find here in the last days, perilous times shall come. Why? Because in the professing church of Christ, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Listen, listen, I don't need to argue or discuss this question. It's obvious wherever you go. Sometimes I wonder if this is not the reason why our past generation of young people called hippies went off the deep end. They wanted something that's real. And they didn't find reality in some of the leaders, some of their parents, or what they say, the establishment. They wanted some reality, and they tried everything under heaven instead of going to the Savior who can meet their need. But listen, they shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. I needn't contend with this. Lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, going through all the, all the motions of being religious, going through all the motions of being Christians and not Christians. A form of godliness, but they deny, deny the power thereof. From such, turn away. Now listen, I'm not through with that chapter. In verse, in verse 7, they're ignorant of the truth, ever learning, ever learning, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. There never has been a time in the history of the world, or should I make it a little more positive, there never has been a nation in the world like America where every fellow and every girl has the opportunity of having college degrees and you name it, you name it, academic authority, academic achievement, so forth and so on, and yet be absolutely, totally ignorant of the truth of God. You can have all the degrees you want to after your name and still be ignorant of the things of God. And this is what characterizes the professing church of Christ today. And I, I have to confess to you, I'm appalled at times at even the ignorance of the Word of God, even by some of his own people. Ignorant of the Word of God. Oh, God put into your heart, into my heart, a consuming hunger to know the Word of God, and especially to know the Lord Jesus Christ who is the theme of the Word of God. So you have here in the last days, not only do you have their life, but you have their ignorance, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Isn't it a sad thing? We can talk about physics, we can talk about geometry, we can talk about ecology, we can talk about astronomy, we can talk about everything going to heaven, of all the marvelous things that man has done, and still doing, and yet be totally ignorant of the living God. What a tragedy. I say, what a tragedy. Men who are keen and brilliant with a great deal of know-how, 
and yet be totally ignorant of God and His Word, ignorant of His own Son, ignorant of all the provision God has made for them. And my friend, there's no, there's no excuse for ignorance because God has revealed Himself. I'm going to repeat that. There is no, uh, no excuse for ignorance of the Word of God. No excuse for ignorance of God either. God has revealed himself. And he's communicated to you and to me in his word, in the scriptures, not only the revelation of his person, but the revelation of all the marvelous provision he has made for sinful man to be transformed into a child of God. But men are ignorant. How well I know that. And then you have them imitating the truth. Not only are they ignorant of the truth, but imitate the truth. And he speaks there, he gives us the illustration of Janes and Jambres. These are the magicians that opposed Moses. They resisted the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. They, these magicians, you remember, imitated what Moses did. They imitate the truth. And believe me, there's a great deal of it today. There's a great deal of it today. Uh, we take reformation and we think that's redemption. We take the works of men and we put them on par with the work of Christ. May the Lord have mercy on us. Man is so incapable of saving himself. God sent his son that you and I might be saved. And I'm so thankful we're living in a day when God is dealing not with nations, but with individuals, with you, with me. And we can know something of an intimate relationship with God himself. So I find here, concerning these ecclesiastical leaders of the last days, they're ignorant of the truth, they imitate the truth. And when you come to chapter 4, they rebel against the truth. For I read, they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. They not only are boasters, but they turn away from the truth. So you have in this third and fourth chapters of Second Timothy, we have the manifestation of these false teachers, selfishness, worldliness, formalism, ignorance of truth, they imitate the truth, they rebel against the truth. And so one is not surprised that when we come to Revelation chapter 3, Verse 16, God's going to spew them out of his mouth because you're neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm. I will spew thee out of my mouth because you have said, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing. You need nothing. Self-sufficient, self-occupied. The worship of self instead of Christ. Yeah, Mr. Mitchell, what, what in the world can I do now? What can I do as a Christian under a thing like this? How, shall I, how can I be guarded from these false teachers? How can I keep myself before God? Well, you know, the Lord hasn't left us in ignorance. In this third chapter of Second Timothy, he tells us, he gives us the instruction. He gives us that which will guard our hearts and our minds. For we read in the same chapter, verses 14, 15, and 16, the same chapter, Continue thou, you stay in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. 
that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then to encourage Timothy in this matter, he says, Remember, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, and so on, that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word of God is our guard. And I wish, I wish in some way, oh, I've said this so often, I've said this so often, would to God, and I say it reverently, that his people would take the time to get into the word of God. My friend, this will guard you. It'll guard you daily from sin. It will guard you from false teachers. And believe me, they come with subtlety, but it wouldn't melt in their mouth. Their arguments and the way they talk, they're so lovely, sometimes lovey-dovey. Yet they come with a forked tongue to deceive, to break down your faith in the Son of God. I remember, I remember talking to a friend of mine, he's a college professor, and in talking to one of the other professors in this so-called Christian college, where they taught, this man said to the other one, that is, my friend was told by the other one. This other one said to my friend, let me put it right, if you know, I, take a, I get quite a bang out of taking freshmen who claim to be evangelicals who believe the Bible. First year school, I try to destroy their faith. And if I can't do it the first year, then the second year, I'll try and destroy it by making a mockery of them. I'll make them look like fools. And by the time they graduate, they go out agnostics. Oh, friend, trafficking in souls. Just think of it. This is what Jeremiah accused the people of Israel, the leaders of Israel of doing. This is what Ezekiel accused the leaders of Israel of doing, trafficking in souls. And these false teachers do exactly the same thing. They take great delight in trying to break down the faith of those who would trust the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I just pray, dear Christian friend, that you and I will spend time in the Word of God and remember, it's a moral cleanser. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, and the entrance of the word of God gives light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Stay in the word of God. Even if you don't understand it, stay there. And then for your encouragement, allow me to quote in closing today, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's even, he is even at the door. Friend, he may come today. He may come today. And I say with John, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Always walk in his way and never ever cease. To 
And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.